Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. I'm Larry Goldman, Chief Analyst at Analysis Mason. Today, we're going to be talking about the uh, announcement by SpaceX and T-Mobile last week um, about uh satellite uh, direct-to-device uh, services that were announced. Uh, and today I'm joined by three experts uh, at Analysis Mason. First of all, Luke from uh, Northern Sky Research, NSR, a uh, business that's covered the satellite space industry for a long time and became part of Analysis Mason earlier this year. And Stefan Pio, who's a partner, he's head of our Paris uh, consulting office, works with uh, telcos for many, many years, and we'll be giving some insights into, well, what's the impact of this uh, for telcos? Uh, and also Caroline Gabriel, research director, head of our 5G research, who's been doing research uh, in the uh, opportunity for satellite-based services uh, for telcos. So welcome to all three of you. Uh, so we have a very interesting topic here. And first of all, I want to talk to turn to Luke uh, to talk about, well, what specifically was announced by SpaceX and T-Mobile? Thank you, Larry. Um, hi, everyone. Um, so what T-Mobile and SpaceX announced uh, was a partnership to develop direct satellite to smartphone connectivity. So what this means is that any user will get certain level of service as long as there is a line of sight with uh, the sky. So looking into the um, uh, background of Starlink, this is a big pivot from the current KUKA band services uh, in which they require a special terminal. In this uh, announcement, they will be able to communicate with a standard mobile phone. Although that obviously comes with a cost of uh, having much lower performance levels. So um, this is a big pivot again, but it's not a big surprise to us at NSR, as we had already identified the direct satellite to device as the largest opportunity in SATCOM history. So T-Mobile and SpaceX, they announced that they have plans to start offering services by the end of next year, but that seems to be extremely aggressive to us. Uh, there are certain challenges that they still need to solve. On one hand, obviously, the technology is quite complex. The satellite will require extremely large antennas. Uh, there is a lot of traffic manipulations to do on the background of the network uh, for smartphones to believe that they are communicating with a regular base station. But more importantly, there is a lot of regulatory and spectrum coordination aspects that still need to be solved. So they plan to use terrestrial spectrum from space, and that uh, will require a special waiver from the FCC or any other country country they, they plan to operate. And they also need to be very careful with the cross-border interference. So mind that a satellite might have hundreds of kilometers of coverage, and that spectrum that might be targeting the US will end up uh, spilling over Mexico or any other uh, country. So again, there is a lot of spectrum coordination aspects that still need to be solved. Thanks, Luke. So, Stefan, you worked with a great many telecom uh, operators. Uh, what do you think of the actual uh, services and telecoms coverage uh, in this announcement? Uh, indeed, Larry, we've worked and are working with a lot of mobile operators and satellite operators around the world 
including on topics uh, you know that that covers you know the assessment of underserved area of mobile operators. As T-Mobile announced it for the US, there are material wide area which you know basically are not covered by mobile operators. It can typically you know represent thousands of square meters. And this alliance really aims at providing mobile services in, in this area. Uh, Stefan, what is it that is actually going to be provided and, and won't be provided in this actual uh, offer here? Uh, good point, Larry. I mean, here, uh, we're not speaking about a service that would be a direct substitute to terrestrial mobile services and typically voice and broadband services. It is important to realize that the capacities that will be provided will be typically, you know, two to four megabit per second for the entire special cell um, that, you know, maybe would, would be typically 100, if not 1,000 square meter. And all this capacity, I mean, this two to four megabit per second will be shared by all the mobile users in this area. This means that each user will typically get a few kilobit per second uh, and the main services, therefore, will be asynchronous messages like SMS, MMS, or messaging application. Uh, later on, voice or low broadband, low broadband services could be considered, but clearly it won't be in the short term. Um, I mean, use cases could go much beyond traditional mes- messages like, you know, hey man, you know, I'm in the middle of the desert and, and you can't imagine what I'm, I'm saying. Um, you know, typically services could, could uh, go to and, and include emergency situational services, you know, situation like, you know, uh, my boat just sunk and, and, and you can send a, a message saying, you know, please come and save me. Um, or, or you could also have some very, you know, uh, you know, specific situation where there is some natural disasters, uh, that have destroyed the terrestrial network. In this case, you know, the services could allow all the emergency services to communicate between themselves. Right. So it's it's not really a, a substitute for uh, the kind of ordinary uh, mobile service that we get today, but it's a, a, a pretty special case, uh, very much related to hard to reach areas. Right. So w- w- this was a specific announcement in the U.S. Uh, and so forth. What do you think the um, opportunity is or how will other operators around the world likely be uh, responding to this? Yes, I mean, the announcement is really focused on the U.S. market, uh, but both T-Mobile and SpaceX are calling for new operators to join their alliance um, so that, uh, you know, other areas in the U.S. can also be covered um, and, and, you know, and, and provide, you know, this type of services. Uh, I mean, there's just some strong economies of scale for operators to join that club so that, you know, mobile customers of, you know, T-Mobile could also, when they would be traveling abroad, you know, use these type of services. Um, and, and the reverse is also true, obviously. You know, some mobile operators that would join the alliance, you know, would be able to provide, you know, such services in, in some other uh, area, just, just like the US. So, you know, yes, you know, I think it's, it's, you know, it's something that is very interesting for the mobile operators and that they should definitely consider joining the alliance. So... Caroline, you've done research into the sort of the broader satellite comm services or as we say in telecoms, non-terrestrial networking. Uh, so where does this announcement fit in that bigger scheme of telecom services via satellite? 
Yes, Larry, I do find this agreement um, interesting because um, it's really one of the first concrete examples of a broader trend that we've, we've been tracking for some time, but is really just starting um, to appear for really hybrid and converged um, terrestrial stroke non-terrestrial services with some measure of seamless interaction and the same device. Luke and his team obviously follow this from the point of view of the satellite companies. In the case of the network's research practice that I head at Analysis Mason, we're looking at it from the point of view of telcos and mobile operators and really looking over a sort of 10-year time frame because this, this is quite gradual at the minute. Um, that broad trend, of course, is for satellite to be used to deliver more mainstream services because it can be used more interactively with terrestrial networks. And those may be aimed at consumers uh, or enterprises, but they will expand the role of non-terrestrial, particularly satellite, um, within the overall fibre and, and 5G portfolios. Um, this can happen in quite a few ways. I mean, we recently published a major research report called Satellite and Non-Terrestrial Networks, the Opportunities for Telecom Operators. And that really sets out a roadmap of new hybrid services and how those are going to be enabled by changes in technology and, of course, regulation in the coming years. Um, as Luke and Stefan have, have um, pointed out, you know, to date, satellite is mainly used by telcos, if at all, for internet access in very remote areas or at sea and in the air. And, and of course, to backhaul remote cell sites. But it's largely a matter of using um, the satellite as a separate network or reselling it. And both these are very niche elements of the telco business model. Um, so expansion into mainstream and particularly mobile services has been very constrained by the need for expensive specialist devices. And the key change to that situation, which we're seeing highlighted in this T-Mobile announcement, and, and as Luke has uh, described, the key is to be able to deliver satellite connectivity directly to standard devices, smartphones, CPE, and so on. I mean, looking at the T-Mobile SpaceX announcement, compared to some of the smartphone satellite services that are envisaged by some telcos, such as SoftBank in Japan, this is very modest I and mean, it's got limited data bandwidth, but there is a real plan behind it and they are providing some pricing details. Um, so most significantly, you know, they say they'll be able to offer satellite the satellite coverage boost um, at no extra charge to their home internet users. Um, and that's a game changer. Uh, satellite broadband services usually come at a very large premium or have to be heavily subsidised. So we can see T-Mobile from these fairly modest um, beginnings um, moving this, this sort of satellite capability uh, more in, into the mainstream of its coverage. But I think another important point is that T-Mobile is one of the few operators uh, in the world to have 5G standalone and the 5G core deployed across most of its network. And that core, of course, supports enhanced integration of different access modes, including satellite. So in turn, over time, we would expect T-Mobile to be quite early in expanding the variety of services it can provision using satellite and 5G together. I mean, for instance, it could create a specific network slice that's optimised for hybrid connectivity that might support wide area IoT applications, for instance. Um, the important thing is that the operators have made this first step, yes, fairly modest in commercial and technical terms, but really showing um, a, a, a concrete plan um, for, uh, for using direct satellite connectivity to smartphone and something that we think can lay the groundwork for a much greater diversity um, of hybrid applications in future. And indeed, 
we do see this convergence as being a very important element of the later stages of the evolution of 5G advanced uh, and moving towards 6G. Thank you, Caroline. So, uh, Caroline and Stefan uh, have been talking about this, you know, from our traditional telecoms point of view. But uh, let's turn back to Luke and, and talk about the SATCOM business, which is really uh, quite a different business. And and Luke, you've been researching and forecasting this satellite to direct to device market for for some time. And this announcement, well, it got a lot of attention. Elon Musk, he, he, people pay attention and so forth like that. But um, but it really wasn't a surprise for you. Uh, so what else is happening? There are other players in this direct-to-device market and other developments to be uh, looking into. Right. So as yeah, as anything related to Elon Musk, you know, when generated a lot of uh, hype. But there is actually a, a meaningful ecosystem forming around this direct satellite-to-device uh, market. So we have startups like uh, Link, which already have the first uh, commercial cell tower in space, as they call it. Uh, others like AST and Space Mobile, uh, they are planning a test satellite by the end of the year. They have signed, uh, I think it's 1.8 billion subscribers uh, with uh, MNOs. Um, so there is a lot of traction here. Uh, there is also the traditional op MSS operators, so the Global Star, Gideon, Inmarsat. All these companies are trying to get there with a slightly different way, trying to convince um, smartphone manufacturers to uh, adopt the satellite spectrum and be able to communicate communicate with satellite with its own particular spectrum, but. Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, there is a whole ecosystem that is uh, developing and it's not just a new thing coming from uh, Elon Musk and T-Mobile. Uh, there is a lot of background work going behind that as well. Uh, as we see, it, it's uh, the, the biggest opportunity in the satellite industry right now. We see a lot of use cases emerging, uh, MNO subscribers, uh, going outside of terrestrial coverage and getting uh, satellite services. We see a big opportunity as well on the IoT space, and obviously first responders, GovMill services. Uh, these are going to be uh, big users as well of, of this uh, emerging market. Um, with all these uh, use cases in mind, we project the uh, market to grow quite rapidly and by 2030 our 5G report expects that uh, over 380 million average monthly users will be connected to these uh, direct satellite to device satellite services. Well thanks Luke. Well, thanks uh, to Stefan and Caroline as well. I think this is a very interesting development. There's a lot more to come uh, in this area. So uh, I hope for our, our podcast uh, listeners that you found this uh, interesting and helpful. I want to remind you, by the way, there is an article about this that you can download uh, that are the link is in the show notes. Uh, so thanks for listening. Uh, and that'll be all for today.